welcome to a series of very special Dublin International Film Festival podcasts. This year's festival runs from the 22nd of February to the 2nd of March and promises to be an elevated cinema experience. I'm chatting with director Kathleen Harris, whose documentary Birdsong is screening at the festival. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, we're delighted to have you here. Uh, it's a, such a beautiful film. It is so evocative, unfortunately quite timely with a strong environmental message. I think at the heart of it, um, your main subject, uh, Sean, he's just such a beautiful, warm spirit. He's so passionate. It was just, it was a lovely, soft um, enjoying film to watch and 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 such a, a visceral experience. Can you can you talk to me a little bit about um where this came from? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So I met Sean when I was a video journalist at the Irish Times. I worked there for many years before moving full time into film. And um, my editor, the head of video at the Times, um, spotted Sean on Twitter. Um, Sean had posted just a tweet about, or sorry, X, do we have to say X now? (laughs) Um, uh, Sean had posted something about this project of his where he was, he had set out to record the species, the song of every bird species in Ireland. And Chris Mataloni, um, my editor, just thought that that sounded interesting. And he said, check this guy out. So I went down to Killarney one day. Uh, at dawn to meet Sean in the woods where he was trying to record a woodpecker. And I spent the morning with him and put together a video for the Irish Times. It went out and immediately, and it, it got a great reaction. When I met Sean, when I spent that day with him, I just thought this guy is so interesting and he is so passionate and I love the way he has with words and you can, you know, his joy for the natural world is really infectious. And I thought there could maybe be a a bigger project um, beyond just the the, the short video that I did for the Irish Times. And when I saw the reaction that that video got, I was like, it it just kind of confirmed for me that, oh, there's something to this, this guy and and the project that he's taken on. And, um, and then I approached uh, Ross Whitaker, with my idea of maybe doing a, a longer film about him and Ross liked the idea. So uh, we got together and and made the movie. I think this is something you do so beautifully um, in you capture the depth and warmth of their relationship, the humor of Sean's relationship to his family and his friends and his partner um, and that Oh, it's just it like and I think it's in such a in such a lovely way. I think so many times when you're watching um depictions of neurodiversity on screen, it's just this like flat, um, you know, like almost very common and and familiar depiction. But I think like immediately I twigged. I was like, oh my, he's very into his birds, <laughs> you know? And then you're like, yeah. And then when you go through it, and I, I just think it's such a warm depiction of neurodiversity when, you know, like so often people associate autism with being cold and it's not at all. It's 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 just a difference in processing. Um, and that that warmth, that, like I just I just think it's a lovely snapshot and, and just serves as a sort of eye opening 
um, thing that people can watch to notice that that difference. And and was that something you kind of had planned to cover when you gone in? Was that something that you that that opened up as you were following the story? Yeah. Well, thank you for um. Ha- it's it's a lovely response to that. Um, I'm, I'm, we're very happy that it it it's, came across that way. I mean, yes, that was a part of the story. That aspect of Sean was a part of the story from the very beginning, and it, it was very much something I wanted to include. Uh, it, I mean, it's just inherently a part of Sean and it's a part of, it is, it's very much um, a part of an aspect of why he does what he does and and how good he is at, at doing it. And um, it's just him. So it, it, to, to not include it uh, would have been strange, I think. And, you know, we did talk about how to approach it. And, and I know, you know, my editor, Zolt Howlett is who I edited the film with and we had conversations about when the timing of it, you know, when do we kind of address it directly in the film and and um, what do we include and what do we not include? And so we did want to approach it with great care and we did want it to very much be celebratory, like a celebration of that aspect of Sean. Um, Sean, and, and he and he spoke, he has spoken about this, um, you know, he was diagnosed later, uh, you know, he mentions that in the film. And it was a huge relief to him to to get that diagnosis because, you know, it helped, you know, things started to fall into place from his past. You know, he, he kind of understood himself a bit better and um, there was an explanation as to why he had certain struggles. And um, it was, it was a, he learned to kind of go from having some, he's learned to have a real appreciation for that part of himself, something that he he used to see as a struggle. He now sees as an asset and we really wanted to have that come across in the film. And, um, you know, he, he has a, a hypersensitivity to sound because of his ASD, which means that he's able, you know, I've been out with Sean and I'm not hearing anything. I can't hear anything. And he's like, Oh, there's a, this and a, there's a, that. And his ear is just amazing. And not only can he, hear any bird in the country and know what bird is singing he he'll know that it's a bird mimicking another species of bird and he'll know all the species that it's mimicking like he's just got an amazing ear for it and uh, you know maybe he wouldn't have that acuteness if he didn't have asd and he's also got just this interesting um you know he's got an obsession with lists and he he's it's just it's a project that's very much sean and very much a part of the ASD is very much a part of it. And so we very much wanted him to be someone who, um, you know, he loves the natural world and we wanted to put that across. And he's also someone who loves his ASD and we wanted to put that across as well. I think Sean's story is inspirational in that, you know, that's his escape and it's 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 such a positive way to watch him. And talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, like the relationships with the friends and family. Can it be in like difficult to to get people to to talk and relax on camera as well especially maybe if they're more introverted or nervous or anything how do you build the rapport yeah I think like I always try to spend some time with people before I start filming with them obviously in news you don't always get that much time but to sit down have a conversation and and tell people exactly what you're hoping to achieve and tell them exactly what you're doing. And I know we did go to to Sean's parents' house um, to meet them and film with them one day. It was the first day we we we'd been with them, and I, there was a crew at their house. And like I said, I'm not used to that. And um, th- th- there's such a difference, you know, the level of intimacy you have. I mean, obviously, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but 
you have a lot more intimacy with with people when there isn't a crew there. And we did some filming, but it, there it was stilted. It was awkward. And so I went back on my own at a later date um, to film with his family. And they were, you know, without lights and mics and, you know, it, it, it doesn't. Um, yeah, everybody was more relaxed and happy to chat. And we knew each other better than two. So it just takes a while to to build up a relationship with people. And, and I do keep in touch with, with everybody. And, um, we, we talk a lot, Sean and I talk every day, several times a day. And I've, I've hung out with him and his partner Alba, um, many, many times. And yeah, we just, uh, we've become friends and I've become friends with his, with his folks as well. So, um, you know, we've been filming, I've known Sean for almost two years now. Um, so we know each other quite well and, uh, yeah, you just, you, 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 you get, I'm I'm just I'm I'm very grateful that he's opened up his life to us like he has. And talk to me about the process of um funding to filming. So um Commission Nimyon funded the film. Was there any um sort of like R- did RTE come on board? Like sometimes if there's a broadcaster attached at this stage, um you're shooting it, the the plan is to put together a film, maybe like in the pitch document is what you submitted sort of what started to become the film in the beginning? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So um, we applied to the climate round of funding. So yeah, we there was a special round. It was the first round of, of um, funding specifically aimed at films related to climate change, climate stories. And we asked, we approached RT with our idea and I have to say, like there, a lot of what was in that initial pitch is what the, how the film turned out. Like I, you know, obviously there's some differences, but you know, it, it is what we set out to do for the most part. I think, and uh, we approached RT, and they liked the idea and committed to the project as the broadcaster because you need them on board to get the funding um, with the climate round that we went for. And uh, yeah, we were lucky enough to get the funding and we made the film with, that was all the funding that we, that we needed. We got it fully funded. Amazing. And then to go into um, shooting, did you maybe have to do a proof of concept for a pitch or was it a case of, I mean, you, I mean, really you had already done that for the Irish times. Presumably you have all your bits and bobs that you could like, what is the, almost like what's the process like of of working through that funding yeah so i put together um a treatment a director's statement how i wanted it to look and feel i put together a summary and log line all that so like a one two pages on what what the story would be and i grabbed images from the stuff that I had shot with Sean for the Irish Times. I grabbed images from other films and I did actually go out with Sean one day to shoot a teaser specifically for the application because even though I had filmed with the Irish Times, the video that I did, the, the look and feel of it, um, I didn't think kind of represented what I wanted the film version to to look and feel like. So I went out with him one day again at dawn. Everything is at dawn when you're when you're filming birds. It's very early, early starts. So I went out with him one day and uh, just did a few couple of hours of filming with him. And I I think it visually was more what I wanted the film to feel like. And uh, yeah, submitted that along with the application. And it was a pretty um, we included as much information and visuals uh, in it as we could. Um, lots of 
lots of stills from other films. And I think it, 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 you know, we wanted lots of beautiful landscape shots and Sean small in the landscape and, um, sound was a big part of it too. So Sean gave me some of his recordings that I was able to include in the teaser. So there was a real emphasis on that there too. And yeah, we sent them on all those materials and we're lucky enough to, to get the funding from that. And how long was the shoot? We ended up shooting over about four or five months, I think. Um, we have to, you have, we had the, the reason why the, our, we were kind of uh, the birds dictated our schedule um, for the most part, I think, you know, there's with the species that we had to capture for the film, you know, we were kind of nearing sh the end of Sean's list. So they were the tougher species to get. And if, you know, the, the, because of the wildlife act um, to protect these birds, you have to have licensing to go out and film and you're only allowed to film at certain times a year. So there were some moments where we had to film in March and, and April and May, and then later, there were some birds that we had to get June, July. So um, we were kind of working, working on that schedule. So the one of the things that I thought were really beautiful was, yeah, the depictions of the landscape, the shots. Can you talk to me about that? I mean, obviously, if you're this is what you do, you're very familiar with, you know, framing. And how do you kind of work with the the creating that visual imagery? And what's your creative relationship like with um, your DOP? Our cinematographer was Ross Bartley. Our DOP was Ross Bartley, and uh, he's very familiar with shooting wildlife. It's what he what he does on a regular basis, has done for a very, very long time, and he's amazing at it. And I was incredibly naive going into this. I, While I have spent many years shooting myself, I have never shot wildlife before, and it is different. It's really, really different. And um, kind of going into it, I had this attitude of, yeah, I, I know what I want, what I want. We're going to shoot these birds on these days and it'll be great. And I think Ross was just sitting there going, no, not a chance. Are we going to get that bird doing that thing that you want it to be doing? Um, so <laughs> Ross had the foresight to, uh, gosh, he's one of the, he must be one of the hardest, deep, hardest working DPs out there. He, um, he really put a lot of effort into, uh, going back out, you know, time and time again to, to try to get the shots that he knew that, that I would need and the shots that I wanted. And uh, he was really, really committed to it and got some beautiful, beautiful stuff. And, um, it needed a, you know, a lot of this needed a lot of planning and a lot of, uh, a few tries to try to get it, to get it right. And, and then, you know, there were some things that we weren't able to get, um, which I hope, aren't aren't missing aren't too badly sorely missed from the film in the end but um I think you would have to be Sean himself maybe with that level of of knowledge of birds to know oh they didn't get that bird <laughs> I think uh, like, like, yeah I hope so viewer, you were like oh my god those birds look gorgeous and the sky is amazing like honestly I did not know we even had skies like that I don't even know how you got to see yeah. that much sky in Ireland <laughs> in Kerry it's only just great oh good yeah yeah no we were very I mean we were very lucky I the amount of days that we went out on it was sunny it was on sunny days every day almost every day was a sunny beautiful day with blue skies and we just yeah we ended up thinking god this doesn't this film isn't going to look like it was shot in Ireland at all it's not gray enough um so no we were very lucky with that and uh yeah I you know I met Ross early on and talked to him talked to him about about Sean and the story and gave him all the materials um, that I'd done up the treatment and, and the director statement and all the, these things, you know, that you have to, 
submit um, for applications. And so he, he knew the story and what I was going for. And then he was able to deliver such amazing, beautiful, lovely work. I, you know, I was just, I was really blown away by, by the stuff that he gave us and uh, yeah, very grateful to him. It's incredible. Like it's such a, I, that's what I think going to see it on a big screen is definitely worth it because it's I mean Carrie is just a beautiful place anyway but like the way the the birds move in the sky like like it's actually amazing the coverage you had I was like is there stock footage you're talking about the murmuration yeah that's in that's in Loch Ennell yeah let me so Loch Ennell is in Westmeath okay oh that's my terrible geography no no that's fine so, um, yeah, the final scene in the film, and I have to say, like, if, if there's, you know, so much of this, the scenes were hard to plan because, you know, you don't know what the birds are going to do. Of course, uh, wildlife is a very difficult subject to work with. Um, but the final scene in the film is something I had in my head from the very start. I wanted to include a murmuration in it. And Sean hadn't planned on recording, you know, sound recording a murmuration. But I said, Sean, can you please just come up to Lock Ennell and we're going to film a murmuration and you can record it and... And it ended up being, uh, he's going back out there this year. Um, it ended up being his favorite recording from the year. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, it was, I'm so glad that we got to do it. And we got to do it thanks to James Crombie, who is a photographer. He's He does a lot of sports photography, uh, press sports photography. But he's also, uh, he has his own project of, of just uh, documenting, I suppose, murmurations in Loch Ennell. And he's done this. He's, he has spent hundreds of days out there with the birds and he knows, he just knows them so well. He knows the location so, so well and he knows the birds activity so well. And um, so I went out with with James. James took me out to the lake before we shot it for a bit of a, a, a recce, I suppose. And um, he brought me to a couple of different locations where it'd be good to, to film them from. And where the birds, where they were kind of murmurating at the start when I first went out there with him, uh, it, it, it wasn't a very accessible area. So it wasn't going to be great for filming. It was kind of really over the water. And he, James said, if you wait until next week, the birds will be on the other side of the lake and there will be, there's, you know, some good ground there where you can set up a camera. And he was spot on. A few days later, the birds moved um, and we were in exactly the right spot and we were able to get that amazing footage with Sean and Alba watching the murmuration and Ross went out. Uh, I think the footage from that was shot over three days. I think it's such a powerful, like it is such a, it's a, such a powerful and like the, the reaction is so lovely. Like it's just, it is, it is just like, and then there's no spoilers. Like it's, <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, they're watching no, no. birds. We're they're just... watching birds. Yeah. yeah. They're watching <laughs> birds at the end. And it, it, it and it came out exactly. I mean, this was it was going to be such a, a difficult thing to get. And somehow we were just very lucky and 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 well prepared, I should say, as well, and had had James to guide us. And we just we got exactly what you know I had in my head, which is which is amazing. Fascinating. And Tell me about the edit, because I think, did you, I mean, this you were obviously grabbing footage all the time. Um, you're you're piecing together the story. I think it's, it's good in the sense where there's sort of like a structure to the narrative in the sense of this is a task that he's trying to achieve, which is clear. Um, but were you editing as you go? Do you wait to have it all, get fresh eyes, submit it to Isolt and get it back? What 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 do you like to do? 
as like because you would like and, it, and how different is that then to working on your own stuff I like to do out I mean we had a treatment for it and um I review the footage I review all the the rushes and kind of look at how that compares to the treatment and, and do a new version of the treatment based on what we've shot and just put together almost like a roadmap for the editor like this is um these are the scenes that I think would work here's like every scene that 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 would this should make up the film basically and then in some cases I will actually say this is a line that I really want included or this is a moment that I really want included and depending on on how um much I care about how a particular scene goes I, I might be pretty prescriptive with it um and say like this is this is how I would I, I'd really like these lines in it and and this is how I'd like this to go um but for the most part that roadmap that I give the editor just in a you know like a in in text in in, in a word doc it's all up for debate it's all up for discussion it is just so that the editor doesn't feel like they've got nothing to go off of when they start the edit. So I sent that on to Isol Hallett. Who's an incredible documentary maker herself. Who's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah, she just edited um, In the Shadow of Beirut, which was Ireland's entry to the, the Oscars this year. So yeah, she's she's amazing. And I had an absolutely great time working with her and hanging out with with her at her home with her two daughters. Um, it was she, She's great fun to work with. Um, so yeah, I sent on, you know, what my idea was and then I gave it to her and said, okay, see what you make of it. And if you think this works and she, I, I, I stay out of the editing suite to start with and, you know, just let the editor work away on it. And, um, eventually I go in and sit down and we've spent many days with me actually sitting in with Isolt and us just working through uh, scenes together. We kind of have a rough cut going in. And then there were, there were a couple of particularly difficult scenes where, um, you know, because again, because it was wildlife and, and things just didn't always turn out exactly what we would have hoped for. You know, there were some things that really required a lot, a lot of crafting, a lot of reworking. And pacing is, like a story that's sort of slow and character driven, like pacing is so important. So I can imagine like there's such an organic flow to to what you're trying to achieve that takes so much time and like in honing it and polishing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were I mean, there were definitely some scenes came together really easily like the murmuration scene, <laughs> like it was just, this, yep, that's brilliant. Great. Um, and then other things, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're tricky. Um, and just, we would sit down together and say, okay, what are we trying to, what do we have to work with? What are we trying to achieve here? Um, and you know, we just sit there and it, it's a lot of just problem solving, isn't it? It's like, okay, well, if we, we need this information here, but if we include this, then we have this problem. So how do we fix that? And, you know, it was just, um, a lot of, back and forth and discussions and trying things out, experimenting. Isolde is great with, with um, being like, Hey, let's, let's, let's try this and see if it works. And, you know, um, so there was a lot of just experimentation, I suppose, at moments. And, uh, and we kind of, it's just an, it was an iterative process. You know, we kind of edit, go in, re-edit, go back. um, And uh, yeah, eventually we, we got, we got to where we got to. I think it's meditative in some points as well because it's so in tune with nature and I do think there is that gorgeous flow and 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 
shown himself as such a kind of like soft, gentle soul that that sort of plays into, you know, like the the visuals. And I'm I'm just would that have been like a stark contrast to, you know, working by yourself, trying to get things off as quickly as possible, you know, spending that much time. Like sometimes deadlines can make things much easier, you know, when you're left with too much time and and a load of like open ended questions. Did you like it really enjoy that or was it something you'd get used to? Yeah, I, I think I mean it hasn't uh been completely easy uh to to go from what I was doing at the times to to this. Um I you know before is the times, you know, it's very news videos, you're doing a lot of interviews, talking heads, and then pairing that with visuals. And you're not necessarily even the cutaway, I mean it's called B-roll for you know, that kind of comes from news, I think. Um you know, it it is just there to kind of really illustrate what's being said in the interview. You know, it's almost like the bulk of of what you're doing is um, the most important part seem to be in the interview, not in the action. And then film seems to be the other way. You know, you could almost you you you'd like to just if you can get away with no interviews, you you would, um, and you just want to see the story unfold through the action. If that makes sense, I hope that that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So moving into this, uh, like something I really, you mentioned the, the, the pace, the flow of it, um, something that was really important to me was for it to feel uh, almost like that murmuration or like it feels when you're out with Sean, like there is a quietness to it. There's a slowness to it. You're just sitting in nature and listening. So I, you know, I, th- I, I wanted it to move along like, uh, you know, a character driven story. I want, I want to, I want to talk to Sean. I want to hear his thoughts on things. I want to see him interacting with other people. And then I want to see him taking a moment to just listen and for the audience to just get to listen for a moment. And those are, they felt like two different paces. Um, So Isolt was amazing at, you know, I had a talk to her like this, am I trying to achieve two different films here? Um, Where we have Sean on his, his mission to be almost kind of activistic and, um, he's giving talks and he's meeting with um, uh, he's hanging out with his family. And, you know, that feels like one film and then the wildlife side of it feels like another film. So we wanted to kind of blend those two things together. And I think, I think the pacing of it, uh, I was worried that, that it was going to feel seamless. Um, but I think it's did an amazing job with combining those two things where we're able to move along this in the story, but take a moment here and there to just, experience the hopefully what is what is beautiful visuals along with beautiful sound and you get that sense of you know Sean with in in his shyness when he's talking sometimes or that introversion and then when he's out there how it's his realm mm-hmm. like yeah. and that's beautiful like that's as a viewer that's something that's really really gorgeous to watch yeah he's really at home uh it, it, when he even says it at one point in the film like he's he, he prefers to kind of hang out by himself in nature than than in crowds you know cities really stress him out or large crowds really stress him out and i have to say he's really pushed himself um to to you know throughout the process of making this to be with crowds and and get up on stage and talk and he finds that all really difficult but he does it because he really wants to um share this passion he has um with other people so but yes he's in his element when he's out in the woods listening to birds Gorgeous. And and another thing I think that that kind of feeds into that so much is oh, the soundtrack is just the, the sound mix in general is and music and 
layering and birds. It's actually gorgeous. So talk to me about um, working on that and what that process was like. I mean, are you doing that while you're editing? Are you waiting until everything is locked in place before you can kind of get in with this? Because of uh, the film, because because we really wanted an emphasis to be on sound, It's it, we started with sound. Like that's very much that has been a part of the edit as we we went along we didn't edit anything and then stick in um Sean's recordings and music after the fact it, it was all done together at one time so all of the wildlife recordings in the film are Sean's own recordings and yeah we really wanted to feature that as much as possible and it, there there's been Sean uh, Sean um said to me very early on, he said, I've seen wildlife documentaries where there's a bird singing um, on screen, but it's not, the sound is not right. It's a different bird. And he says, I, I don't know how that happens. I hate that. That can't happen in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was like, I completely agree, Sean. And we'll, we will do our best to get it absolutely right. And and I had Sean review it specifically for those reasons. We wanted to, we want it to be, um, uh, I, we want it to be accurate. Um, we want the correct species on screen uh, at the right time. And then we want it to be beautiful. Um, so we, we want both of those things in there. And it was, it, so sound was very important from the very beginning. We wanted Sean's amazing, you know, very good quality, beautiful sound to really feature it in a way and, and treat it with love in it, not as an afterthought, but it's very much a, a starting point. So hopefully that, that comes across in it. And, um, you know, I, I would have liked to have even taken more time uh, for some of that. But, you know, it is a TV doc at the end of the day. So we, we have only so, so much time to work with. Um, so but people who want to see it first can see it on the 29th of February. Um, yes. Yeah. In the Lighthouse yes. as part of the Dublin International Film Festival. So are you looking forward to seeing it with a crowd? No pressure then? Is Sean <laughs> coming and bringing everyone? I'm so excited. Yeah, it'll be on RT later this year, um, which I, you know, I'm very excited about. But it, it'll be so amazing to see it in a cinema. Uh, you know, it's really to hear the soundtrack, to hear all that beautiful wildlife sound, and to see see some of this on a big screen will be really, really amazing. And and Sean will be there. He'll be doing a Q and A after the screening, and so he'll be he'll be able to talk to the audience and answer some questions. And um, I'm very excited for him and his family to be able to see it on a big screen like that in front of a live audience. It'll be great. Brilliant! Like it's a gorgeous film. So <laughs> 29th diff in the lighthouse cinema and you can get your tickets from uh, diff.ie and make sure to see because it's just and it's just gorgeous so thank you so much for chatting with us that was absolutely fabulous and a, and a lovely a lovely watch great thanks so much appreciate it you can explore the Dublin International Film Festival programme and buy tickets now at diff.ie